You're listening to Real Health with me, Carl Henry, in association with Activia. Activia offers a range of yogurts that help support a healthy gut. Your gut is where it all begins. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry. Hello and welcome to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. Folks, on this week's episode, it's the first ever guest I've had on the show that my wife has got super excited about when I told her <laughs> who I was coming in to interview. Uh, it's someone who you are all going to know if you've watched uh, TV over the last couple of months and it's someone who's been all over the press ever since he won Love Island. I'm delighted to be joined on the Real Health Podcast by Greg O'Shea. Greg, welcome. How are you? Oh, thanks so much. Pleasure to be joined with you here, Carl. Thanks for having me. Not at all how's life good we can make crazy now crazy just like you you've a crazy life going on so i'm glad we can make this work um but ever since coming out of the villa now it's just been a whirlwind but a very positive whirlwind so i'm lucky boy i'm sure you're sick of chatting about it uh, we're going to touch on it for the first couple of minutes of the interview and then yeah. i want to go into everything else that there is to know about you which people don't really know and to be honest until i was began to research before the interview yeah. i didn't know it either so we'll chat about kind of the you know your sprinting your rugby the rugby sevens and all the other kind of business stuff that you do as well later on um yeah i'm fascinated about love island to kick off with though what made you do it in the first place how do you wake up and think i want to go on global television <laughs> not even national television but global television yeah. get my kid off and be in 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 the villa with all these lovely women and, and, and men yeah how does that happen a lot of people have asked me that question because you're so exposed and vulnerable on the show and that's probably why my family and a couple of my mates are like man I don't know if you should really do this thing but what happened was they got on to me in February on Instagram okay. and sent me a, a DM and initially I thought it was a couple of boys just taking the piss out of me <laughs> but because it was verified account I was like well it has to be real um, so I kind of went along when it took the phone call uh, they were like happy with that so I then went to Belfast met them up there okay. got through that initial meeting then they flew me to London met the executives and then they offered me the the starting lineup for the for love island which was mad i never ever thought going through all the stages that i'd get to the end and actually be offered the starting place which only a handful of people are um but then i couldn't do it because of my rugby commitments and that was always me i once you i stick to something that's it i'm doing it so i was like look thanks very much itv but i can't do it and that was it was done and then I'd make my piece and watch the show for the next six weeks like everyone else being like oh that would have been gas if I was on that show and then they so you were at home watching it as opposed to I've seen one or two other of the contestants interviewed who were like locked in to somewhere with a minder you were actually at home in Ireland just watching it yeah well that what, what you saw there is called lockdown that's okay. once you've agreed to go on it yeah so basically what happened was they got back onto me being like look we want you to go on the show if we push the deadline to the 15th of July will you come in and I was like yes but I'll be away in Toulouse at Olympic qualifier with my team you're going to have to fly me from there so they did the whole lot flew me in and I went into what's called lockdown but because I was so late into it um, I only did one night of lockdown but some people did two weeks of it or three weeks of it and I think more of the two weeks where you're completely excluded from society so just so you can be used to that kind of lifestyle but I didn't have time to do that so I just went in then and what happened happened and did your thing you brought chivalry to the show which I thought was amazing I'm, I, we, myself my wife watched it I, I hand up totally watched it <laughs> yeah but I th- it was great to see someone come in like a very old school chivalrous, chivalrous male and just be yeah. nice and be whatever like was it what you expected I appreciate that yeah I 
I like that was just kind of me being me, and I'd say a lot of Irish men are kind of like that. I, I say to people like, I'm just one of the normal lads, and if any of my friends went in, or if say if you went in, Carl, uh, before you were married, you would have been the same thing. Um, I'm probably a little bit backdated in my ways, but they're just my values and my views, and it came across like that, and I really enjoyed it, and I had a really positive experience for the 13 days I was in there, or whatever it was, and I was, I'm very lucky, and I'm glad I did it now, even though it was a scary thing at the start to agree to. You strike me as someone who is very motivated, yeah. uh, quite driven, ambitious, who sets goals and targets. Before the whole of Ireland thing happened, what were your goals and targets? And now that it's happened, how have they changed or have they? Yeah, so sport has always been massive in my life. My family are big sporting fam- family. My parents bought rent for Ireland. All my uncles and stuff played rugby the whole lot. So that was always going to happen. And I sprinted internationally and played rugby internationally and then I decided to go down the rugby route because it's just close to my heart so it's always been a goal to be a professional rugby player and I've put the work in since as a young fella but then you can't just have sports so I had my education side of things and I did my law degree in University of Limerick graduated in 2017 so the long term plan for any of Love Island stuff was to play my rugby for as long as I can until my body gave up and qualify as a solicitor and then move into being a solicitor and that is kind of generally the goal at the moment but you're now well you're now a national radio presenter yeah. on 2FM with Darren in the mornings obviously so that, 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 that's throwing a spanner in the works well that's it this whole Love Island thing has just opened up so many doors for me so I was supposed to do the FE1s in the last two weeks um, but that just didn't it didn't work out and I'll do them I'm definitely going to do them down the line but at the moment I need to capitalise on everything um, just like as you said being on RT in the morning with Dearn which is so much fun never in a million years thought I'd be broadcasting a, a breakfast show like that and really really enjoying it so I'm a lucky man How do you find the early mornings? Oh god man. up at half four in the morning <laughs> and just before we started this you are telling me you're up at that time too so I <laughs> give you a buzz in the morning It's my normal hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a shout next time How are you? It's crazy man it's middle of the night stuff but it's good gets you up and gets you attacking the day and I feel great it's just like constant buzz throughout the day moving going to meetings doing that going to training so I'm enjoying it thank god um, five years time where yeah. are you going what's the where where are you going to be what's the, what's the what's the dream that's a great question um, so I'm 24 now I'll be 29 in five years time well I've hoped to have found uh, a missus by that stage um, I'm quite I kind of look at my parents who are madly in love and they've always been with each other since 15 so I've kind of loved the idea of, of marriage so hopefully I'll be found a missus and kind of maybe engaged at that stage women throwing themselves at you they must be um, after the show uh, and you can ask, as honestly as you, I don't want any names but like sure yeah, pe- women have to be thrown <laughs> I saw you at yeah. ploughing and it was like God himself yeah. arrived there's only one person who I saw get a bit, who I've seen get a bigger attention in pl- ploughing than you and that's Marty Morris <laughs> Marty, Marty, yeah. Mar- Marty and ploughing seem to go together but like yeah. we, you and the RT tent in ploughing uh, there, there was just Bedlam. Every female at the championship was in that tent. Like, surely it's a bit it, crazy, right? It's got to be. It has to be. And even trying to filter through that a bit in terms of to find a dateable or someone that you would actually really want to date must be hard. It is tough. It actually is tough. But then I'm going to sit here complain. Oh, there's too many <laughs> girls. Like, do you know what I mean? But um, I'm kind of just focusing on myself at the moment and investing in myself and trying to capitalize on everything. And I don't really have time for, for dating at the moment. So ever since Love Island, everything has happened there. I haven't actually dated anyone. I'm not even speaking to anybody, which is, which is weird. It's the first time since I've been like 13 or 14 that I've had no love interest in any way in my life, which is really? crazy. I'm not even texting anybody. So it's a really, really weird time for me. But it's nice to eventually just kind of 
look at myself and invest in myself. So maybe in time when it comes down a bit, I'll uh, I'll look up for I'll look for someone. That's but an answer I wasn't expecting. I was like, oh, wow, I know. okay, yeah, yeah. It's definitely there's options there, but it, I just I haven't looked into any of them yet. <laughs> okay. So yeah. D- D- Dave and Noel are keeping you on the very much the straight and narrow when it comes to career and and looking at all ca- like well, getting your career sorted. Yeah, it's career and um, friends and family at the moment. And if a lovely lady comes along, then I'll be open to it. But at the moment, it's just me, myself, and I. Ladies, you've heard here on the Real Help podcast. Uh, he is single and looking. So if you see Greg out and about, <laughs> say say hello. Uh, mention the podcast. That'll be a lovely opening line, and uh, see where it goes from there. Um, sport is huge for you. I know that people will know that you play rugby sevens, but before that, you had a very much a choice to make, yeah. and so from sprinting and rugby. Yeah. Um, both your parents sprinted for Ireland, I think, didn't they? They did. Correct. Um, did so research. you're very so you're obviously you're fast. So sprinting was something that you were you potentially were going to go down that route, were you? Yes. Yeah, so I sprinted for Ireland uh, for a couple of times. I went to Youth Olympics and 100 meters, and I think PB's 10.87. So I wasn't wow. too bad. I ran that when I was 16 years old, and it kind of got to the to the stage when they were like, "Look, you can't do both sports at the elite level. You have to." side which is fair enough mm-hmm. if you're really trying to make it at one and rugby was just a little bit closer to my heart so I parked the, the athletics and went full for the rugby and Munster gave me a contract and I was with them for three years um, in their academy loved it really enjoyed it it worked well coinciding with my law degree um, and then I had a bad accident then at the end of the third year I fell off a bicycle and jeez uh, I don't know if you want me to go into it it's a bit gruesome go for but it we'd love to I, hear more yeah. I fell off uh, I went to visit an ex-girlfriend in New York cycling down the road um, on a kind of second hand bike and the chain fell off it and then I tried to catch myself and not fall on the ground but as I was doing so I caught the cog of the bike so in the disc in the middle of it so yeah. I kicked my Achilles off the cog of the bike and it was literally like getting a knife and just cutting my Achilles in two it was sharp and blood was everywhere man it was like a gruesome scene and the thing about not having your Achilles you probably noticed being a, such a fit man yourself your leg doesn't work without your Achilles tendon so it was just flopping flops, there and I went to step on the leg <laughs> and it just completely collapsed and I was like oh my god <laughs> there's something seriously wrong here I didn't know what to do so setting aside the road ended up ordering a taxi got a two hundred dollar taxi to the closest hospital went in and met the surgeon he goes yeah your Achilles is gone man you have to get surgery in the morning so I rang Munster told them what happened and they were like all right get the next flight home and we'll get you surgery here in Santry with Johnny McKenna and he fixed me up but uh the leg's never been right since it's, it's I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy it really kind of messed me up both physically and mentally um my family and friends and girlfriend at the time took a big hit kind of trying to take care of me but uh, it's all played out in the end and I'm, I'm delighted where I am now I'm back playing sport and, and, and I'm happy yeah you, and even after the injury you went, you went back to Munster after the injury they, they gave you another, another crack at it they did so Munster very kindly were like um, look we like you as a player and it's unfortunate what happened is a, it's a freak accident so they gave me another year rehabbed me up I can't thank them enough. It was just the team was stacked at the time. They had people like Zebo, Earl, Sweetenham, Alex Wooden, the whole lot. They just didn't have a senior space for me. So the sevens team then took me on and I paved my way in there. But the volume of running up change from 15s to sevens is bizarre like it's you wouldn't even comprehend it so it took me a while for my body to adapt to that especially with having the new leg and uh it took me about two years to really get used to sevens training and now i finally kind of made my way into it and we qualified and got into the world series um last year and had a part to play in that 
you make it sound very seamless going from, say, Munster to Sevens, but surely after such a big injury that there was a moment in time where you think, what happens next? Where do I go from here in terms of maybe in terms of life or in terms of like the plan when the injury happened yeah. and there was presumably doubt around your career? How did you deal with that? Yeah, so it really kind of uh, scared me and shocked me into being like, what am I going to do if this is actually the end of my career now? But luckily, I'd always kind of had a focus on education. So I was doing my law degree and I'd only one more year left in that. So I finished off that um, and got it done, thankfully, having it in the back, back pocket. But there was a part of me that was like, look, you're, you're not finished now. You, you need to keep going. You put too much work into it. So I rehabbed the leg as much as I could and just gave the sevens of full whack and it took us a while to really pick up steam but we did it eventually we got a good group of fellas together and we got to Hong Kong last year and we ended up winning it and getting the Irish Sevens onto the, the world stage um, so I can't wait to get into that this year there's 10 different destinations around the world we travelled to so like Sydney Hamilton uh, Vancouver Hong Kong again the whole uh, Cape Town so really looking forward to it and the Olympic qualifier at the end of the season as well You're listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me Carl Henry um, so we're chatting uh, Rugby Sevens Tell the listeners a little bit about that, how it's different from, say, the Rugby World Cup that's going on at the minute. How does the game differ? How is it different? It's faster and you cover more ground. I know that. Yeah, so that's a common question that I get because people don't really know what Sevens is, but everyone's used to watching the 15s, like the 15s World Cup that's on at the moment. But it's essentially what it says in the tin. Sevens Rugby is just Sevens aside Rugby, whereas normal Rugby is 15 aside and it's faster and everything's about the number seven, basically. So the half, each half is only seven minutes long. There's only seven people on each team, so that's all it's all about. And it's faster. It's much more of a spectator sport. So the games are only 14 minutes long altogether, and it's just tries all the time. Like, it's constant, fast-moving tries. And people basically just go for the whole weekend and drink their beers and watch us play rugby. So it's a great atmosphere. If you haven't been before, definitely go. There's one on in London, so you could jump across there. Same size pitch? Same size pitch, exact same rules, yeah. So it's full pitch, like you're essentially like sprinting for the whole thing. Like, yeah, it's it's very entertaining. If you haven't seen it, definitely give it a look. If you know cricket, it's basically T20 cricket. It's the same as similar to that. It's just faster, more fun version of the game. And chat to us about your training regime then for that. I know even trying to get get the interview yourself, uh, yeah. Dave was very mindful of the quantity of work that you do relative to your training and getting your rest your rest uh, time as well. So how much training are you doing for? Yeah, so a big thing for me um, with going into Love Island was that I always wanted to come back and do my rugby. That's me. I was like, no matter what happens, I'm coming back. And my schedule at the moment revolves around the training schedule. So the team's training schedule is what I base my, my week on and then everything else goes around that. Um, so it's, it's full-time. It's a full-time gig. Um, just we're, we're just like a nine-to-five kind of job. We train two, three times a day, meetings, recovery, the whole lot. Um, it's state-of-the-art facility out in Blanchardstown, the IRFU have just opened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's like an elite hub out there in Blanchardstown. The FEI out there, GAA, we're out there now, um, the athletics, the whole lot. So we're lucky. Indoor pitch, it's incredible. I actually can't fault it. I've trained in places all over the world, Olympic centres, and I, it's second to none out there. So we're really lucky to have that space. What's your downtime then, or what's your treat? So, so far we've got the athlete and how yeah. much, and all of 
but surely you've got down days or you've treat days or what, and what is it I actually to, to be honest I haven't really had much downtime since I've I've come off the back of Love Island I've just been so busy doing stuff um, but that's not me complaining I feel really lucky to have all these opportunities um, so when I kind of have days off I'm, I'm doing meetings or I'm doing the events um, or go home on the weekends to do stuff down there so I was at a charity gig last weekend and things like that um, but I'll I'll get my time off, time off eventually it's good to, to be busy and to be working I'm only young so I can't complain and after a big night out is it McDonald's is it pizza is it Chinese <laughs> is it Indian what is it yeah um, I'm lucky enough now because I've been naturally skinny enough fella my tablet is really fast so I can get away with kind of cheat meals like that um, but I wouldn't be too too busy now out getting takeaways I, uh, I'm quite structured with the training schedules you probably know because you have yeah. such a structured training schedule as well that you have the kind of exact meals that you eat throughout the day and you need to be ready for the training schedule the next day um, so but you're allowed your cheat meals. You have to relax now and again. So if, to answer your previous question, if there's a bit of time in the evening to get a little sneaky pizza, I might do that just to relax. That was a real politician's answer. <laughs> yeah, you can tell you've done lots of interviews. It's good. Um, and uh, Tokyo Olympics 2020. Yes. Yep. How's that shaping up in terms of in terms of the team? Well, that is the big goal now. If you ask me what's my biggest goal for next year, that is uh, Tokyo 2020, the Olympics. It's the pinnacle of sport. Like you, you can't get higher than that. And we have to win one tournament now at the end of May, start of June kind of time. The Olympic Repressage is called. So basically the last 12 teams around the world there, there's one spot up for grabs in the Olympics so the winner of this tournament goes into the Olympics um, so that's at the end of the season and we're definitely shaping up good for it we have a really good squad and the thing with the sevens team is that it's not as financially lucrative as the 15 aside um, which is it was just obvious enough but we all love it and that's the thing we really want to be there and it's kind of brought us closer together the want for us to play the game um, so we're definitely in the right space with great coaches great facilities and the season I think will go really well for us. We're all training very hard at the moment. Tell us about your involvement with Rugby Players Ireland. You're on the executive board. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so RPI um, have brought two more um, representatives onto their executive board, one from the men's sevens and one from the women's sevens. Um, Louise Galvin's the women's one. And it's basically just a representative of the team to bring the players' views to the board and Rugby Players Ireland, who their goal is essentially to make Ireland the best place in the world to play rugby and they're very good at what they do um, so the boys uh, thankfully voted me in to be on the board to represent them and represent their views and it's really nice and it's really enjoyable as to sit on a board with people like Johnny Sexton Peter O'Mahony and people like that and Simon Keogh and all the rest of them I'm learning loads from them and it's great to be involved and to represent the boys so I'm very lucky there as well How did the show uh, how did your training plan fit around the show? Yeah, so that was kind of the, the big issue at the start was when they wanted me to go in and do the full two-month stint. Well, I could have been voted off, but it's maybe two months. I couldn't do it because you don't have that much time off. We get four weeks off in the summer, and it just worked out that the last two weeks of Love Island were the first two weeks of our time off. Um, so thankfully, I went to the director of rugby and uh, David News 4 as well, and I told him what was going on. They were like, as long as it doesn't... Def- 
interfere with your rugby you can go do what you want in your off time just make sure you know what you're doing um so they were like it was your own risk going on the show and my mom probably saw the same risk so like, you do it if you want to do it but it's a big what did risk. your mother say to you yeah mom yeah. i'm going on this not this uh, massive show called the i can imagine that phone call yeah i know <laughs> i know i initially told her i was going to the interviews and stuff and she was like no stay away from it and i was like look mom i'm just gonna go i'll probably never end up getting it and then with the whole not doing it thing i just kind of left her off and didn't tell her what was going on and then once i'd agreed to do it it was the day before and I was in France with her and she was over watching the Olympic qualifier we were playing and I kind of put my arm around her in between games I was like mom I have to tell you something and she goes what <laughs> I could tell, and she, she goes no and I just held her tight and I go I'm going tomorrow to Love Island and she starts going no 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 um, but I was like look mom you raised a good man you have to appreciate the work you've done I just I have respect all your values and you have to believe in what you've done and I'll be okay don't worry about it and she goes okay it's your it's your own fault now go and do it and she's only happy now because I got on well there and came out and I have all these opportunities so it's great and when you're in there um, do you have any awareness of the greater world outside of the villa do you have any like do you, do you think about what my what's my mother going to think of it, this or do you have any concept of how the how you're edited in terms of as a character or yeah do you, does it cross your minds at all or do you just kind of you know just be yeah. yourself so you're completely secluded from society you've absolutely no idea what's going on in the outside world it's just you and the other islanders and the producers and that's it um but the thing was that you, you're just gonna it's 24 hour cameras and 24 hour mics and you just have to get used to the situation mm-hmm. if you get so conscious of what's going on and what people think of you you'll end up going crazy like um so you eventually relax into it but what i what i kept reminding myself my cue was remember your mom's watching this okay <laughs> that was my cue to me so the whole bedroom activities was kind of a big thing for me being like i'm not doing this not because six million people are watching this because my mom is watching this so that was kind of a cue for me so uh, <laughs> that kind of kept me on the straight and narrow of it. <laughs> yeah. best answer ever okay yeah. love it. um okay so tell us about the other stuff that you're doing uh as well you've got your own clothing line now haven't you Yes, so uh, too, politi- too Politically Correct is the clothing line and it's my best mate I'm doing it with. It's more so him, he's the master behind it. So he's, he's very fashionable. He has a master's and a whole lot and he's come up with this idea. And it's the big thing what I like about it, which really got me involved with that, it's 100% sustainable. So it's made from recyclable materials and it's made from organic cotton. So it's really good for the environment and it's none of this kind of like what you say, disposable clothing. It's really good and it's really um, reusable. Um, So I got involved with him and it's just launched there last week. Um, Site is up and running, so check it out. It's really good stuff. I'd wear it anyway, like, so that's what was kind of easy for me to get involved with him. And we've kind of union sex stuff at the moment, but we're actually going to bring out specifically female stuff in the next launch um, to kind of cater for that side of things. So it's really exciting. It's only early, early stages, but it's a good venture to have and it's even greater to do with my best mate. So let's see where it goes. Always good. Yeah. Um, I have to say, one of the things I wanted to do when we got the green light to get to get the interview was to get to know you a little bit better by 
chatting to you. That's what we do on the podcast. Yeah. From the research notes, from getting to chat to you in person, it's clear to see there is so much more to you than what the public know. And I hope by our listeners listening in get exactly that. Yeah. Um, if they want to find it more about you and in terms of your Instagram and stuff, what are your handles if people want to follow you? So yeah, my Instagram is simply just Greg O'Shea. My, uh, that's just my name straight up, Greg O'Shea. But on Twitter then it's GOS official page because um, a couple of people started Twitter while uh, I was in the villa and, oh, and caught most of the names. So GOS <laughs> official page is my Twitter. And yeah, you can catch me on RT2FM in the mornings on Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And um, yeah, that's me. So give me a follow if you want to. And Darren's been gentle with you. Darren has been very gentle with me. Yeah, she's really good crack and she's taking good care of me. Um, Has she done an impersonation of you yet? No, funny you said, I only said it to her yesterday. I was like, no one's tried to do an impersonation of me. (laughs) I don't know if it's because I'm difficult or because I don't know what it is, but um, hopefully now in the next Darren project, she'll do an impersonation of me. I I don't doubt it. Watch this (laughs) space. Greg O'Shea, thank you so much for coming on the Real Health Podcast and chatting all things health and career with us on Love Island, obviously, as well. Folks, you've been listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare. I really, really hope that you enjoyed today's interview. It's been lots of fun doing it and getting to know Greg a little bit better. As always, we want your thoughts and your feedback on the show. So get in touch with a rating, a review, and don't forget to subscribe. We're also on Instagram and on Twitter at CarlHenryPT and on email for any questions or even guest suggestions that you may have. It's realhealth at independent.ie. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you next week for more Real Health podcast interviews. Thank you, Karen. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.